Hello, and welcome to Fantastic Comic Fan. I am your host, R.T. Fleming, and it is my mission to help you find your next digital comic book pick from the golden age to now. I have been reading comic books for over 40 years, and have never lost my passion for comic books. Something I try to pass on to old and new readers. It's Friday, October 13th, 2023, episode 140 of the show. And surprise, surprise, it's not a Kickstarter. But it is a surprising show, but more on that in a minute. The last seven shows were all Kickstarters. Any fan who listens to the show regularly knows I'm always going to bring Kickstarters on the show. What I try to do is try to get a balance in what I cover on the show. You never know what the show one day it's a silver or golden age gem, another time it's a creator that I think deserves more attention, like Marie Severin. Didn't work out that way for the last week or so. There were a few shows I taped with a guest that had it up the same day, like the show from earlier today, in which Mara icon and artist Sean Chen came in to talk about his first Kickstarter project, which is going on, obviously, right now. Last Friday, I had Jesse Simon, the grandson of the legendary Joe Simon, on about his Simon Kickstarter. There was a Kickstarter for Madness Comic Network, which we're talking about in today's show a little bit. Fans, please go through the podcast. We check out those shows. They're not very long, and all of them are putting out fantastic projects. Today, I am back Lori Calcaterra. Hope I said that right. I'm still terrible with names. She was on a few weeks ago to talk about her Kickstarter project. She's also the host of a show called The Morning Brew. Now, I've had hosts on podcasts on the show before, and I've done some bloggers. I like to spotlight these people because they're putting out fantastic content, and they also are trying to get you, the fans, to try out new stuff that you might not try out before. So the show went into some surprising directions, as we both talked about what it means to put out shows. I think you get a fair view of what it takes for each of us to put our shows out. And for most of us, these shows are a side thing. But it may be a side thing, but we really put our hearts into our shows. A lot of time and effort to make shows that are good for you, the fans. Talking with Lori was a blast, and I hope you like it. Now, next week, not only do things get a little more normal around here, but it's also the start of the Spooky Steezy shows. That will go through the end of the month and have some fantastic guests lined up, and I hope you check them out. If you're new to the show, thanks for checking it out. I hope you continue to sample the show. Please look at the show notes and follow the podcast on social media and subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast. The podcast is available everywhere. And I want the show to continue to grow for these indie creators and these kickstarters that I focus on a lot of the time. But I want to introduce you fans to a different way of discovering and reading fantastic comic books. Now on to today's show. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am pleased to welcome back to the podcast, Lori. Calcaterra. She's been ah, on yes. us before and I got her name right. We've done this introduction like five times. It's the first time I've gotten it right. <laughs> before we talk about today's stuff, tell the fans a little about yourself. I mean, you also have this Kickstarter campaign going for about another week or so. So tell everybody a little bit about everything that you got going on. Yes, I am Lori Calcaterra, writer, creator, podcaster, and uh, martial artist, professional ninja. I don't know. Pick one of those. Um, so I uh, am currently kickstartering our uh, fourth issue 
of our Western Apocalypse series, Path of the Pale Rider. Uh, we have about four days left. We're sitting at about 130-odd percent funded and have broken a ton of stretch goals. It's looking really great. It's a great time to get on board and find out all the shenanigans that we do outside of the comic book as well. So in this book, you want me to keep going? I'm, okay. I'm nodding to her. Yes, keep going. But congratulations, the, on, congratulations on getting funded. That was all I was getting ready thank to say. You. Thank you. <laughs> um, in this book, uh, death has been broken. So your body can die, but your soul doesn't leave your body upon death. So what that means is that you, yourself, your body is dead. You're still in it as you. You're not craving brains. You're not trying to eat people. You're just trying to get by. But uh, as you decay, your brain decays and you lose your memories. You, you know, you get uh, violent, maybe detached. Um, you just get dangerous. And we have this population of uh, ever-growing dangerous people on top of famine and water problems, overpopulation, government overstep, because this affects everything. So people, animals, insects, fish, nothing can die correctly. So it's a pretty wild ride. Um, we had two issues where we got to see the apocalypse. Issue three, we jumped back in time and got to experience the fall, what it looks like to um, to go through that. And then issue number four, we're picking up where we left off. There was some um, some bad, bad happens in the very last page. And uh, Jude St. Clair and his family have to deal with uh, the consequences of in this new this new age. So um, but we're going to see what what makes Jude St. Clair tick, what makes him so determined to figure out why the dead no longer die. So that's that's what's running right now. And people, there. there will be show notes for that particular episode that I covered her about a few weeks ago. So please check yes. that out also. But today we're here to talk about because Lori doesn't have enough to do in her life. She <laughs> also is a host of a show called the Tuesday Morning Brew. So how long has that yes. been going on and what's it all about? Um, I took over this show uh, at about 50 episodes. It, it used to be Pops Van Zant, kind of like panel show and like everybody from the madness would come and show up and we would just harass each other or talk about nonsense um he passed the show to me about a year ago i've done about 40 i'm about i think i'm at episode 90 or 91 um so we've done about 40 episodes with me at, as the host and uh, it evolved into a long form show where i really get to dig in with an indie creator so not just you know, uh, getting to know them, but also like figuring out what makes them tick. Are they an artist or a writer? What's their influences? Uh, what are they working on? Are they running a campaign? Stuff like that. But we also, we have, that's our main show, but I also do like launch parties. I'm not sure if you're, uh, everybody's familiar with Carissa Grant. Um, oh, please, I'm does, getting ready to tape that woman right. again. She's she's kickstarting right now too. And speaking of, we have some crossover Art. So if you go look at our Kickstarters, we there's a chance to get some bonus things. Um, but she likes to launch her Kickstarter on my show. So we have a panel and we talk about what she's doing and then we push the button and we watch it go. And it's it's great for creators to do that because they get more eyes on the project right at the beginning. And it also is very encouraging to see people support indie. You know what I mean? As it, as you push the button, it's the most nerve wracking feeling that you will ever have. And it never goes away. It doesn't matter how many Kickstarters you do. Every time you push the button, that imposter syndrome shows up and you you tell yourself you're going to fail. Um, so that's, that's so key for those launch parties. So that way, you know, to keep us all going. 
Um, yeah. So we do that. My new name I for do. Carissa Grant is the uh, queen of Kickstarters. That's going to be really my is. new. She is. She that woman. And the queen of merch. She has that title as well. She has the best merch on her campaign compared to just about anybody. I think I, I would say I'm close second, maybe. <laughs> so your show runs on the Madness Comic Network. Explain yes. that idea be- behind this unique initiative. Yeah, the Madness Network is great. Because... And a lot of people still don't know about it. And I and and that's why I've been trying to space these shows out. I've been covering a little more of the madness over the last few yeah. weeks. So, yes, explain to us about the madness. Um, the madness is a multi-platform place for creators to have their show. Um, what I mean by that is we have 40 shows that rotate throughout the the month and some of them are weekly some of them are bi-weekly um we have everything from short form long form draw streams interviews we build rc cars we play D. we do all sorts of like really nerd culture things on the network so people have this place where we promote each other um so you could your show can play to my audience my show can play to your audience and hopefully you know um people in my camp would like what you do and start to follow you as well um but it's like it's on facebook youtube instagram twitch maybe it's not on instagram is it on instagram it's on twitter it's It's on on Twitter, twitter twitch um youtube facebook Yes, those are the main ones. So it's great because like my show on Tuesdays, it streams to eight different locations at the same time. And that's powerful. You know what I mean? To start building an audience um, and to give people a platform. And that's kind of like why I love doing what I do. I go on 30 plus shows every time I run a Kickstarter campaign. You'll see me everywhere for six weeks. (laughs) But then uh, after that, I you know, it slows down and I have my weekly show. Well, I will uh, update people on my project. But my main goal is to do that for other people. I want to give them a spotlight and have people find them because that's the hardest part about indie is having people know you exist. Your audience is out there. They just have to find, find you. It. Now, the Madness also has a Really fantastically cool Kickstarter campaign going on. And the show notes for that will also be on there. And I'm kind of like worried because it's not getting as funded as quickly as it should. And there's about another three weeks left. So tell these listeners a little bit about this Madness Comic Network Kickstarter campaign. Okay. So the Madness, I kind of explained what it is, but we are trying to evolve it into something else. Um, I'm not sure if you people are familiar with Roku. I wasn't until we started working on it. A Roku is basically like a smart TV with its own stick, like a fire stick. And uh, there's an app you can download. And it's basically like another newer version of YouTube. And it's a lot less censored. So we're getting into the age where things have been around for so long that they are highly censored. And as a creator, if that's your main you know, motivation is to create and to get monetized, they um they make it a lot harder to do so. For example, YouTube is constantly changing the end goal. So at first it was like, have this many subscribers. It was like, maybe it's 100. And then it was 200. And then it was 500. And then it was 500 and watch hours. And now those, like the monetization has gone way down and now they're pushing the shorts. So they are constantly changing how you get monetized. So you have to continually reinvent yourself almost yeah and reinvent yourself to keep up with that if you want to continue to be monetized one thing that i've seen happening is that people's uh videos get pulled for copyright 
people's stuff disappears or they get demonetized for reasons un unbeknownst to them. So uh, that's very common these days. I've been, I fight copyright every single week on my show on Facebook because there's trolls out there who want to claim your money. They want to claim your monetization. So these are all the reasons why we want to go to the Roku. So the Roku is a place, it's a, it's a streaming thing. Um, there's two commercials that play in the front and two commercials that play at the end. Um, so me as a creator, I am immediately monetized. I don't have to jump through hoops, right? I can bring all of my previous shows. So those 40 shows that I've done, we can upload them into the server so I don't have to start fresh, right? And, and that's key. And for a fan-centric, we open up a whole new audience for fans to discover and find comic books in ways yes. that, you know, so that's why I keep pushing this campaign. Yes. That's such a unique initiative that there's nothing out there like this at all, people. This is, this is the first time um, we actually did a lot of research and there was, there's nothing to research. No. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm I, looking, yes. I was like, all right, well, let's go on Kickstarter and let's see previously funded campaigns for Roku channels and see what they did. And like, what was their reward levels and da, da, da. there are zero, zero successful campaigns to build a Roku. This is brand new. This is cutting edge. And I don't think people realize the potential. Um, I really hope this funds because there's so many things that we can do once this thing is built. Exactly. And the more creators that come with us and the more fans that support us, it can really be something awesome. And it's the only one, it'll be the only one of its kind. So with any kind of social media, let's say when TikTok first launched, those creators that got in in the beginning, those are the ones that are have the million plus followers. You know what I mean? Because they've been there since the beginning. That's what we're trying to do with Roku. And the other thing is, is that the more diverse our um, videos are, it's easier for people to come to the channel and just get stuck. They're fact, watching yes. your interviews. Right. Yeah. There's so much stuff on there. So much stuff. They're going to be like, this one's building an RC car. This one's building a Lego castle. Oh, look, and look, that somebody. one's got that kind of creator on there. Yeah. You know, you know, Chuck, oh, look at this guy who they're talking to. Right. Chuck Dixon has his own show on there. You know, Chuck Dixon, right. Mike yes. Barron. And, um, and, and I'm trying to add more stuff to the yes. initiative. And like I told you before, I haven't figured out how to clone myself. So it's kind of hard for me to to get there. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to do my stuff onto it. It's just, you know, a matter of, of, of juggling things. But yeah, yeah, people check out the madness. There'll be no, there'll be stuff in the show notes. It's such a fantastic initiative, and every little dollar from a Kickstarter counts. We're not right. talking, you know. I think the the total amount he wants is like five thousand dollars, and some of the tiers on this are just amazing. Especially if you're a podcast or a creator or whatever, yes. you want to support this project. It's not that hard. It's fantastic. But well, they have they have tiers for everybody, which yes, I, I think that's where people are getting stuck. They're like, well, I'm not a creator. There's nothing there for me. No, that's not true. There's yes. a crap ton of comic books for you to purchase, to download. Um, you can get drawn into Path of the Pale Rider on a future issue. Um, there's advertising. So if you're like a comic book creator and not a streamer, um, you can promote your comic book with ads. You can. Because uh, we can either put your logo on the back of like, for example, a Tuesday morning brew, I have a backdrop with like me, and there's a bunch of ads on it, right? So you get ad space there. Or if you have a commercial, you can we'll play your commercial, there's different packages for that, we will create a commercial for you. I have a ad spot that's called a smash ad. 
we smash things on my show, <laughs> pumpkins and watermelons, because we think it's hilarious. My viewers think it's hilarious, right? So one of the ways that I can promote you is to write your name or your, your LCS or your comic book or your whatever and on the pumpkin, get a real close up and then we smash it to smithereens. I dress up as Pikachu or Slash from Guns N' Roses or I, I don't know, all these crazy things for attention. And then I will also send you a digital copy. So I play it on my show, but you can play it as well. So we can create commercials for you. Um, there's so many things in the madness for the pledges. There's physical things, like I said to you, like t-shirts and um, tchotchkes. There's there's a ton of stuff. So um, there is a place for you to support. All you got to do is go shop it. One of the things that I want to talk about is that you do a long form podcast and I do a short form podcast. And um, why did you do a long form and what are some of the pluses and not so pluses to doing a long form on your end of things? And I'll tell you why I do a short form. Yeah, I can I can see the pluses to both. Now, I have the Tuesday Brew. I just picked up another podcast that uh, is on Wednesdays. And it's called Any One World Showcase. So my distributor is ASAP Imagination. They also have this offshoot called Any One World, which is a great place for any creators as well. Um, so Any One World is just to showcase the creators in Any One World. And this show runs for 45 minutes. I don't know if you would long or short or where that would fall. You know what I mean? But what I love about the two hour show is we can really go into depth about a lot of things and like pick brains and um, share ideas. And it's like, it doesn't matter how big the idea is in two hours, we can tackle it. Now, the downfall of long, long form is that people usually turn in for the first 15 minutes and then they take off. <laughs> so you better get that information in, in the 15 minutes. But if they really like what they're hearing, they'll stick around. Um, and what I have noticed is it's in the two hours, I'll get different groups of people that will come and watch the show. So you'll always get those viewers that come in in the first 15 minutes. Some of them will leave. Some of them turn you on and stay for the whole show while they're working or they're doing the dishes, or they're walking the dog. They listen to the whole thing, and other people will tune in at the end. So depending on where these people tune in, they're going to hear different stuff. But if it catches their interest, they'll go back and they'll watch the whole thing. So I'm do, tapping into different time zones and you know what I mean, and audiences with that long form. Do the guests enjoy being on there? Because I know I've had some guests on my show, and they go, "I just did a podcast for an hour long, and I had no idea what this, I had no idea what I was going to talk about. I couldn't wait to get off of it." Do you do a lot of prep and research for your shows or how do you do that? Um, I will ask the creators to send me snippets of their projects. So if they have a PDF for me to read, if they have a website for me to check out, I want to know what I'm going to talk about before we talk about it. Um, that's just good podcasting. I want to seem educated. And I usually have good questions depending on if they're a writer or artist or what they're inspired by. Um, I'm I'm pretty good at doing an organic uh, podcast. So seeing like some of the answers that come in will lead to new questions. Plus the chat. I always encourage the chat to participate. They usually bring up topics that will spur the conversation along so that I've, I really don't have a problem with that two hours unless like the guest is not awake, which is hard <laughs> because we're like different time zones are different times. Right. So sometimes I'll get someone on the, on the Pacific coast and they're like, it's 7 AM. And I'm like, Ooh, did you bring coffee? Because we're going to talk. Right. Um, and sometimes they sit there and I'm like, all right, but they usually wake up 
Um, it's really funny how a conversation for two hours can feel like 15 minutes uh, when it's a good conversation. So um, sometimes people can only stay for an hour and then I'll usually like I'll book someone else for that time or I'll do something else like I have a um, choose your own adventure board game that I love to play that keeps I, I haven't won it yet. So anytime I go and like I run out of things to do, I pull that out and I play that and people laugh as I die. So it's fun. <laughs> now, on my end of things, uh, I recently just celebrated the second anniversary of the podcast and it was initially started to be short form and it was just me talking about comic books. And I went with the initial short form because if you go onto any podcast feed and you just type in comic books, you got to scroll all day long for comic yep. book podcast. Even now, it's like, how do you stand out? Well, I went for the short form podcast, and that's been, except for special occasions, it's only 15, 20 minutes. I've had people come in there in 10 minutes and talk about stuff. Um, yes. There's times, um, what that does is that allows me to pump out more shows in a given week. Yep, that too. Um, and, uh, you know, and the other thing is when I decided to bring guests onto the show, it was more, I want distinctive voices. I want mm -hmm. people that are different. I want, you know, different things. And the other thing that sets me apart is I tend to focus more on digital comic books. If I'm mm -hmm. picking a topic, like we're double taping this. This is uh, the 12th and this is going out on the 13th. Uh, and we're also going to, after this double tape for the spooky season, we're talking Walking Dead. And for the most part, for a guest, I let them pick the topic. You know, if mm -hmm. you're excited about that topic, that topic will filter through to a listener. Right. right. And, the, and the other thing is I don't usually talk too much about first comic books that come out right now at your newsstand. If you are your comic yes. books, I newsstand that that just dated me. I just said newsstand that dated me. But I knew what that, you meant. I know yeah. what you meant. The things that just come out because sometimes it's like we're not sure how they're going to be received. Well, and there's a lot of podcasts out there that does all that stuff. Right. You know, and I cover any era i'll cover golden age silver age there's been wonky stuff where people right let's talk about this i'm like and that's, it educates me there's comic books that i've never heard about never talked about right or oh, there's or so lots. many yeah and we'll talk about creators uh we talked about jim shooter uh uh marie severin uh different things because it's not just about stan lee or jack kirby or tom taylor you know, there's some of these people. My my favorite thing is uh, when I talk about Silver Age stuff, is I talk about the other Stan, Stan Goldberg, yes. who was a big colorist at Marvel during the hero, who helped design the coloring for Spider-Man, who helped design the uh, uh, coloring for the Fantastic Four. And he was also an artist who did Millie the Model. And mm. before the age of superheroes, Marvel's bread and butter was Millie the Model. It was the Western comic books. Um, and people forget it's not just the other one. I want not taking away from other creators, but I want people right. to get their fair share of the thing. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, There's and a then ton as of great creators yeah. out there who people are just unaware of. Um, and they have excellent work uh, spanning decades. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, again, it's all about do you even know they exist? Exactly. You know what I mean? And, so. and then I expanded into Kickstars. And um, I've got the last four or five shows have been nothing but kickstars. And when I did the, mm -hmm. the introduction to the show that's coming out before this, I'm like, look, folks, it wasn't my intention to do four or five right. shows of kickstarter. So I'm trying to find a way to balance that out too. And I'll bring authors yeah. in. And then um, not to brag, but I have this Rolodex of, 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 of A-list creators. You know, I have this Rolodex of A-list creators. And I like, I can hitch my pants up and go, hey, I have Phil Hester. <laughs> and, 
or or the other day, um, I take Michael T. Gilbert. Michael T. Gilbert, for people who don't know, was an indie creator who's still pop popular, but he didn't get his break in Marvel and DC. He's got a break in these other things back in the 80s. And he created a character called Mr. Monster. Okay. Well, I brought him on there to talk about something that nobody knows about because it just released. But Tomorrow's Publishing, a great publisher, released what's called a Pacific Comics Companion, which is all about this indie comic book, one of the best indie comics when it first started back in the 80s. And that's what he talked about for 10 or 15 minutes was about cool. the Pacific Comics um, Companion. And I don't want to bring a name brand creator on and talk about the same stuff they talk about every day. Every time. Yeah. Because I mean, and you're going to find that like, for example, for myself, I'm hoping to reach new audiences, but I'm doing like 30 shows and all 30 shows. I'm talking about Path of the Pale Writer. Every and, now and again, someone might ask me a new question, but for the most part, it's the same thing. And when I bring these creators on, Definitely. it it's isn't say, hey, I got somebody on. It's to draw attention to the to the show, to get new listeners. Because I run a lot of Kickstarters, a lot of indie creators, a lot of I run a lot of indie creators, a lot of Kickstarters. Mm -hmm. Back in so end of August, I did a Black Creator Week. I had Daryl Banks, co-creator of Kyle Radner, at the top of it. I had um Advent Comics at the bottom of it, which Advent Comics is the recently celebrating the 20th anniversary i can't remember oh, cool. but it's one of the few black owned operated comic book companies in the yes. middle of all that in the middle of that was a creator roles of just black creators and black comic books and stuff that's coming up and that's mm -hmm. how i was able to showcase them sometimes i'll bring authors on sometimes i'll just put a feeler out and not know who the person i'm like oh oh my gosh it's that person oh my gosh i didn't realize <laughs> who this person i've done that many times or somebody will reach out to me i'm going oh wow um, but I tried to do the short form podcast, even with name brand creators, and they like that. They come in, they talk yes. about 15, 20 minutes, and they're gone. And I can put three, four shows out a week. That's right. how I can do that. Um, so with your show, we just talked about my goal and how I do things. Do you have a goal with your shows or is it just to have fun? Mostly it's just to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to, like I said, I want to give um, other indie creators a chance to shine, to kind of pay it forward because I go on so many shows. I want to make sure that other people get the chance to do that as well. I think podcasting and find, is a great way to find your audience. And I always recommend uh, people when they're running a Kickstarter to, to find new shows, to find new audiences, like redo some of the same shows. But then switch out, you know, it just depends on how much time you have, obviously, to do all these things. But switch out and find, you know, new shows, um, maybe different ways to do it. Like for me, I'm a horror comic and I'm also a Western. So I'm looking for indie comic podcasts, but I'm mostly looking for horror, you know, podcasts. So it doesn't even necessarily have to be in the comics genre. So stuff like that. But most of the time, my my, my goal is just to have great creators on, give them a spotlight, help them grow, maybe trade some few ideas, maybe um, let the chat interact and we can learn something new, a new tactic uh, that they do either to market or Kickstarter or something. Um, and we can all just grow as a community. That's that's and, the goal. And, and that's what I'm trying to do is, is to do more growing the community, doing more joint things. The show that came out right before this, um, Carissa Grant, which we I call the queen of the you know um, campaigns. Queen of the things. <laughs> and I had John, yeah, I had John Dexter on, um, and they both had active Kickstarter campaigns. And I'm like, look, guys, we're not going to get a lot of audience on this. It was hosted on Pops Madness Network. It was on a few weeks ago because I'm trying to dip my toes into things, you know, to give people yes. an up. So the, the basic, the, the, the topic was how to start a successful campaign, a Kickstarter campaign. Mm. 
And those two were on there. It was very enlightening. And that's the type of stuff I'm trying to do more. I mean, yes. I've talked about in the past of bringing like you or another female creator and then having a name brand creator on there to talk about comics. So that person gets their exposure and you guys also get the exposure. It's more of a way of building things. But again, I haven't figured out how to clone myself. I and, know. <laughs> and I come on here with this bright, cheerful cheerleader voice and I'm the biggest cheerleader. <laughs> But like you, there's always downsides to things. So what's some good and not quite so good things about hosting a show that listeners might be surprised to hear about? This was a hard one. Um, you always run the risk of being a little too edgy. Um, you know what I mean? And losing either audience or or backers, depending on the topic. I try to steer clear from anything political or um, hot topic. I really don't like the drama. There's other shows that thrive on that, that have debates, that um, debate really hot topics. Poor Carissa went on a show where it was like, should women be in comics? That was Poor the Carissa. topic they were debating. I'm about to mention so, that to Carissa. How'd that go for you, Carissa? Do you know what, though? They had a ton of viewers because they were so controversial. See what I mean? See, so, and, But that's not always a good look. And, and my flip so, side, oh, you... my flip side is I'm the biggest cheerleader. I don't talk negative. It's it's very mm -hmm. hard for me to talk. You know, DC Comics has their um, unlimited app, which you can read DC Comics forever. And it's plus and minus. And even now, yeah. I'm biting my tongue because there's flaws with the system that make me yeah crazy and it's like i gotta pull back but it's like how do you balance between informing the listener about something and at the same time you know being the big cheerleader and at the same time you got personal lives to go on like we're taping this on thursday the 12th and it was touch and go and i had a live show taped up um, with a marvel artist that was supposed to run three days ago and i've been in tech hell on my end of things because my internet yeah. It's screwy on me. And I was on, uh, I won't do the provider, and I was on the phone on Monday for like two hours. I'm like, we'll send you yes. out a new router, and we'll send you out a new one, and I'm sure that's going to fix everything. I'm like, man, I don't think so. I'm, I had the tech guy come by yesterday, yes. was here for two hours. I had really slow, wonky internet. And it, yes, my whole week got screwed. You yep. know? And, you know, with people, I've had to cancel interviews in the past, and it's, it makes me feel bad because I'm like, my word is my bond. And I don't like to sit there and say, because it makes, it's a hobby, but it's also a profession. You know, yes, I don't want to yes. front you off or, or a creator. It made me feel really terrible when I've had to tell this person over at that end, this Marvel artist who wanted to come on there for a live show and working it out. I'm still trying to work it out because it's only like a week left, you mm -hmm. know, to get it going, you know, and then all the other things like, so I come here, hey, how you doing? All this great, cheerful stuff. You know, and I try to keep my personal life out. And like you said, I don't talk politics. My social media feed is nothing yeah, comic book centric. If I want to talk something separate, I'll go to a separate Twitter or a separate Instagram yes. account. I yep. have a I have a comic central. Uh, I have a comic book um, Instagram that I do. And then I took my personal Instagram account and switched it out from being my personal account to a sub business account. Right. And, right. and I've got on that one. account, I've got all the social, I've, I found a lot of social media things that I'm following, a lot of this, a lot of that. 
to try to build a better thing, but I haven't cloned myself. So how do you, you know, somebody asked about the metrics. I'm like, I'm not sure about the metrics because it's really hard to do the metrics because there's not a one-stop thing. Because if you go on Instagram, yes. you can check your metrics, all oh, that and this and my posts. But my podcast goes across dozens of platforms, things That's I haven't even part. heard about. Right. How do I track that down? I can go to my main feed and get an idea, but outside of that, no. So my metric yeah. is, did you enjoy coming on the show? Yeah. Okay. Did you like what you heard? Yeah. Okay. I'm good. Because <laughs> I believe that the word of mouth will, you know, push yes, the push things you together. Out. Yes. Push it thing. <clears throat> so that's what but I'm it trying is to hard, do. especially like when with my show that shows on eight different, you know, outlets. And it's like, how do you know? Um, what views are coming in. Cause you might see the people that are on the Facebook and you might see the people that are on the YouTube, but you, you might not see the people that are on the Twitch or the Twitter. And um, it just, it makes it impossible to kind of figure it all out. But I mean, as long as people are tuning in, like you said, and people are enjoying it, people keep calling me to book the show. I'm booked out until December. I have people booked in January. Um, well, and that's what so I'm trying to do. I'm trying to I'm trying to, I've, I've been taping some inventory episode. I did that last week. I'm, let's tape an inventory episode. Yeah. Because this, because over the last week, I've done a lot of live, like this show. I thought about, well, do we do this show now? And I rush and put it out. If I don't put it out tomorrow with you, that's why I said, how long do you? Right. It's got to wait because till November the because the next two mm -hmm. weeks are spooky season. I thought, well, do I want to mix other content with them? Like, no. I don't. I want right. to do nothing but spooky season for the next two weeks, but that's what I said I wanted to do. So anything that happens comes after that, you know? And so, you know, it's 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 very wonky trying to get guests on and trying to do and the first thing I asked you this, the first thing when I get done with the taping, how'd that go for you? Did you like it? Did you enjoy right. it? Right. Right. That's my first thing. And 90% of the people like it. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm always looking for, you know, ways to change things and tweak things. Cause like people like what I'm doing. They think it's a great yes. niche and what I'm doing is a short form and all this and they have these great things about it. But I don't think it's growing as much as it should, you know. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to that. Cause if I knew I would be doing it. Well, it's like um, right. You know, I, I've, but I've done I think posts. sometimes it's just time as well. Like it takes you know, time to build an audience and have people find you. I'll do posts. It's like, and I'll do posts like I'll do with your show and thing. I'll say support a podcaster or somebody that supports indie comedy, go on Facebook and like my show. Follow me on Twitter. Yes. Follow me on Instagram. Nine times out of And 10, I like how you reshared our podcast in my group a second time because we shared it the first time. And, but then you were like, hey, guys, and, do you remember that we did we did and, this? And that's something new. But when I sit there and say, I'll do those posts. Hey, here's my link tree. Go there. Nine times out of 10, people won't take the effort to go to the Facebook page and like it. They and don't. it's really frustrating, or even the Instagram or the Twitter account, it's frustrating because it's not for me, it's for these other people, you know? And yeah, so, and I, th and I'm I trying think to, that's one thing oh, that we have I'm, to really think about as creators is the and, attention span yes. of the viewer. And that's why most of my podcasts are 15 minutes, but this one got a little yep. wonky a little bit. And I give you talking points. I give everybody talking points. We're stay, this is what we're talking about. We could talk all day. There's more stuff I want to talk yeah, about. We really but, could. We're going to wrap this up. You get the last word. Any closing comments on this topic today? Um, support indie. <laughs> I think that kind of wraps everything up nicely. Um, the new stuff that's coming, it's hard to be a creator because of all the hats you have to wear and all the time, like uh, we said, is we need a clone. 
I need a clone. You need a clone. There's, um, there's so, not much difference between being an indie creator and being an indie podcaster. It's yeah, it's very similar. Yeah, but uh, when you see, yeah. when you hear stuff like this and you see indie comics, if it's something that you enjoy, it takes three seconds to like, to subscribe and to share. And it costs you nothing. There's no financial re you know, requirement to support. Um, and that really helps us. Plus a, word of a mouth. Like, a like on my Facebook page helps me out long-term and helps these yes. indie creators. I'm not doing this for me. Would I like to monetize it a little bit? I'd like it to pay for some sure. of the books. I put a lot of money into this, you know, over time. And mm -hmm. it's more for these creators and, and, and for these creators that have passed. Because, you know, I do a lot of coverage up here, creators that are dead and gone and bring authors on to talk about different things, all these great things. Lori, yes. thank you for joining me today. This is a very oh, fun, you. fascinating, different conversation. We'll have yeah. you on again to talk about something else. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you, Ryan. I love, I love coming on your show. You have the best talking points. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Again, I would love to hear from you at fantasticcomicfan at gmail.com. Remember, new episodes every Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and I hope to see you next time.